1: And this is Meg, and welcome back. Here we go.
0: Here we go. So happy holidays, everybody!
1: Happy holidays.
0: Okay. Well, (laughs) I'll just um, I'm I'm gonna tell the story of the um, Canterville Ghost. No, I don't know why I thought that. I was like,
1: okay, are you guys tag-teaming this segment? I like it.
0: I'm going to tell a story of the day the clowns cried. I don't know if you're familiar with the clown known as Emmett Kelly. No. So he's like, my great-grandma collected clown things, um, like pictures, figurines, kind of creepy but um she had like a figurine of of him Emmett Kelly so like i knew who he was like right away um and then like i i knew about this story already but then um yeah i just thought i'd cover it so this story takes place in hartford connecticut which is where um emily and richard gilmore live in gilmore girls <laughs> yes <laughs> <shut up. laughs> and um it took place on July 6th of 1944. So this is, um, if you couldn't guess by um, what the day is known as, it is about a circus. Since, whoa, since whoa. the day that clowns cried, made me think of Megan also. So Megan is a carny, by the way, if you didn't know that.
1: Former circus performer.
0: Um. So... On July 5th, the day prior to this incident, the circus train came into Hartford and it was running a bit behind schedule and they weren't able to do their first show of that day, which is considered really bad luck in, um, Circus Lake. So they had two shows planned for that day. The first one they weren't able to do because of time. The second one did go on, but all the performers and, um, crew and everything were really nervous the whole time because it's bad luck so they were kind of just waiting for something bad to happen but that show went fine the following day the 215 show which was in the afternoon of um, July 6 1944 um, so that shows it's had about between six thousand and eight thousand people in attendance of that show and they didn't they don't have an a accurate number because um it was 1944 and (laughs) and they didn't know how to count (laughs) and they were handing out tickets to free tickets to people um on the streets of different nearby towns um and a lot of people could have been like drifters and not have a permanent address and stuff and i mean it's just tickets to a show so the I mean, they don't really have to be accurate about the numbers that much. Uh, So they said between 6,000 and 8,000 people, the show, the circus tent could hold up to 9,000 people. So it wasn't a sold out show. So this was a Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey circus. And they were the biggest circus in um, America. They were the most well-known. I'm sure everybody's heard of them. So their tent that this um, three ring circus took place in on the inside, it had bleachers and it also had a couple like um, a few like standalone seating for all of the attendees. And the tent was a canvas tent and it was waterproofed with a mixture of paraffin wax and gasoline and gasoline mixed no. with, to um, to soften the wax and like make it a more liquid form and then the gasoline would evaporate off of the paraffin and then that would waterproof the canvas so um the roof of this was waterproofed with that um mixture and during one of the performances of the great walendas they were acrobats mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, uh, just at the end of their um, their performance, the band leader named Merle Evans noticed that there was a small um, flame. So he instructed the band to start playing the Stars and Stripes Forever, which is known as kind of a distress call so that all the circus performers know something's wrong, but the attendees don't necessarily know. But that song is the distress signal. So the ringmaster named Fred, Fred Bagna started to try to, um, tell the audience like, okay, we're going to evacuate and everything. The problem was the fire had already spread to the, um, the sound system and had shorted out the power so nobody could hear him. Oh, by this t- point the fire is spreading crazily because it's literally covered in gasoline and paraffin wax and if you don't know paraffin wax is also flammable on its own so it's just the whole thing is up in flames people are trying to evacuate there were there was a main entrance and then there were eight um side entrances two of these side entrance entrances were blocked by um like ramps that the big cats from the circus were brought in to the area and out of and the big cats had just finished performing when the fire broke out um all the cats were able to be evacuated with um just a few minor burns but all of them did get out um all the circus performers did get out including there was a performer known as Frida um so her name was Frida Pushnik and she was known as the quote armless and legless wonder so she was um performing at the time that the fire broke out but another circus performer did um run up and grab the chair that she was in and he was able to bring her to safety um so everybody's trying to evacuate and this fire is spreading like super crazy fast it's literally canvas walls with the paraffin wax and gasoline covered roof which is also um canvas and the floor was grass shavings sawdust and um wood shavings yeah (laughs) a bunch of flammable (laughs) things you know and everybody um was trying to get out, but two of the two of the exits were blocked because of those ramps so people would lit were literally just like um performer like the different people in the crew were trying to cut away the parts of the tent that were on fire to kind of like contain it, but it was spreading too quickly, so they gave up and they tried to like usher people out in the orderly fashion, but it was not orderly at all from the sound of things, which makes perfect sense because this I can't even imagine how quickly this yeah. thing like just went up in flames and this one little girl was up on the bleachers, and she was told to um, to jump off the bleachers. She was seated by herself for some reason, and she was told she was 11 at the time. Her name is Maureen Krekian. Krekian? Yeah. So she was 11 at the time, and she was seated alone on the bleachers, and she was told to... Um, to jump off the bleachers like just jump off and she was scared so she didn't jump off but she was like knocked off eventually and then she remembers a teenage boy cut um with a pocket knife a hole in the canvas wall grabbed her arm and just dragged her out she didn't know this boy he just dragged her out and as he was dragging her out she reached out and grabbed another girl and dragged her out too yeah so I I like that story it was um like they didn 't even know each other, like they people were just rescuing whoever they can, so just imagine though um, the wax is melting and dripping down on these people, and not only is the hot wax dripping down on them, but the wax itself is flammable, so i'm sure it was just balls of fire falling onto people, and the pieces of canvas they said were just falling apart, and like just scraps of um the the wax covered gasoline covered Canvas was also following on people. So obviously, most people did end up dying. Um, most casualties of this um, event did end up dying from the fire. But there was also, because of the mass hysteria, people were trampled to death. There were people who were not necessarily trampled to death, but um, near the exits, there were piles of people that were sometimes three people deep. So the people died of a- a- asphyxiation after the fire was over. These piles of people, as they're trying to like collect victims and look for survivors, that some there were a few survivors at the bottoms of these piles, and they were actually protected by the people on top of them. Unfortunately, but there were a few survivors in these particular piles of victims. Um, this is making me
1: feel so claustrophobic right now. Like I'm yeah. not normally. I'm not naturally claustrophobic, but right now I just feel like, oh my God, could you imagine not being able to breathe? Like, that's one of my like triggering fears is just suffocating.
2: Well, my, my worst fear of like going out is, is being burned. Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: It hurts hurts so bad. Like I'd rather drown or suffocate or any, anything, but be burned.
0: So, um, once, once from the time the fire started until the fire was um, was done out, whatever you want to call it, it, was eight minutes. So a tent that could hold nine thousand people burned in eight minutes.
1: Oh my god, that's pandemonium! That I
0: can't. Yeah.
1: I, I I would like to say. That it's a circus person trait to be caring and stick together and make sure everybody gets out safe.
0: So all the performers did get out safe because there was only a handful of performers actually inside the tent at the time. Um, And then so the the tally of victims um, with officials. They said um, the number of people injured in this um, tragedy was around 700, but they said it could be more because if people went home and treated their injuries at home or didn't go to one of the hospitals in the area because they were so overrun, then it's hard to keep track. So they say it's around 700 people, and unfortunately, they... Don't even have an accurate number of how many people died in the fire, and I'll get into why. So the the number varies from 167 to 169. So it's not like a wide wide range. Um, So it's hard for them to know who, um, how many, to get an accurate number because um, this was a fire, and um, some of the quote victims are just body parts. Oh and um, and so they're, they don't know if these body parts all belong to one person or several people. So it's kind of just a guesstimate at that point. And let's see. So there are five victims who were not identified Um, either because they were too badly burned or um, they were possibly there by themselves. The other family members that they were with were burned, but they were able to be identified because they weren't burnt beyond recognition. But one of the victims that was not identified is... they call her Little Miss 1565 because they numbered the the casualties of this for identification reasons. And um, her face is pretty clear. She has um, a little bit of a burn on just like her um, left side of her face. She is a little girl. They had to bring in people to identify the the victims of this and... The mother of one of the girls that they assumed that she was came in and said, no, that's not her. But at the same time, a lot of the parents who were part of this either passed away themselves or were badly burned, you know, traumatized, obviously. So a lot of things kind of I just imagine how chaotic the scene is. Yeah. Um. So this little girl was unidentified for a long time. And these two police investigators kind of like made it their mission to possibly identify her they um because she was not barely very badly burned they were able to take photographs of her they took her fingerprints or footprints and um dental charts for her for possible identification and they the two of them spent the rest of their lives trying to identify her and they decorated her grave with flowers every christmas memorial day and fourth of july and then after they passed away, a local flower company just continued to Aww. decorating her, to make her grave. Oh, yeah. So um, in 1991, the body was um, finally declared to be that of an eight-year-old girl named Eleanor Emily Cook. And her aunt and her uncle had gone to examine the body and it didn't fit with what they had provided initially, like her, her height, her hair color, different things like that didn't, didn't match. And they had, they had initially said, no, it's not her. It's not Eleanor. Um, but then the body was, um, finally exhumed in 1991 and they ended up burying her next to her brother who also died in that fire. And his name <sighs> was, Ed- yeah. So, um, so, there is another possible den- identification for her, and this happened ten years before her body was exhumed in 1981. One of the detective's widow said that he had gotten a call from somebody and that they had identified the the child and they contacted her family, but the family didn't want any publicity. So they didn't say anything. Um, And then in 1987, somebody left a note on her grave. This is when she was still, quote, unidentified. And it read, Sarah Graham is her name, 7638, DOB, date of birth, six years, twin. And notes on nearby gravestones um, indicated that her twin brother and other relatives were buried close by to where her, her grave actually was. So what they think could have happened, um, her brother who did survive is adamant that it's not her. Like it's not Eleanor. She doesn't match what she looks like. She didn't match like her age. Um, So Because Eleanor was eight, and this body was, um, they said around, I think, six. And the hair color didn't match exactly. But um, for some reason, they were like, nope, it's, it's her. So they did And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VDW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They did bury her um, next to her brother. So it said the differences were... That Little Miss 1565 had blonde hair and Eleanor Cook was a brunette. um, They said the shape of her face was um, was dissimilar and the heights, the heights and the ages of the two girls did not match. So. Also, Eleanor's mother, when she was showed a picture, also said that that was not her daughter, um but she had been badly burned in her in the fire herself and was very emotionally traumatized, so they didn't push her or anything like that so they think what could have happened is that Eleanor was possibly one of the bodies that was burned beyond recognition and or that a family came in to identify um their their child and identified her as theirs, just, you know, wanting it to be over with. And then once her her photo was published in um newspapers and everything like that, they didn't even think, oh, this could be her, because they're like, no, we've already identified our our girl. So we don't need to pay attention or question it or anything like that. Um Yeah, they probably just wanted to forget
1: as quickly as possible, like all of the negativity with that. So they probably didn't even look
0: Right. So they did say that Eleanor was eight years old and she was, quote, tall for her age with light brown hair, blue eyes. And also the clothing that this girl was wearing didn't match what her aunt said that she was wearing that day. And she said the aunt said that she was pretty sure that Eleanor, who was eight, um, had eight permanent teeth when this body only had two permanent teeth, which would be more accurate for like a six year old, and that the body of um fifteen sixty five was only three feet ten inches. So there I mean it's not uh it to me it's kind of just by looking at it, it's too different. Like too but different. but um they ended up moving her so they aren't sure what caused the fire they think it could have been like um a cigarette obviously everybody smoked back in the day and um but there was um somebody who came forward and he confessed to lighting the fires. He was an arsonist, a known arsonist and murderer. And he claimed that he was responsible for setting the fire and he would have been 16 at the time. And he did like work on and off with the with this particular circus during that time. And he had claimed that he had a nightmare in which an American Indian riding on a quote flaming horse told him to set the fires. And that... After this nightmare, his mind went blank and then by the time he came back, the fire had already been set. And he did um, hand draw some bizarre images of this particular nightmare that he had. Um, he later recounted this um, confession or whatever and he did have mental mental health issues um, and he, I guess, had... Um, After he recounted like recanted his this confession, he um, like never went back to say like, yes, I had done this. Um, So they never ended up um, he never ended up being charged for this particular arson and they still don't know what caused it. Was he like coerced into giving a
1: confession since he was a known arson arsonist or like
0: he
1: just crazy? so no, i don't so, mean crazy as offensive I'm, i mean
0: so this was actually like 6 years later that he oh. came forward so it wasn't i think it was possibly dur- it says it was during a police interview um that he said it stated he was responsible for setting the fire but um and like he did end up signing a a statement admitting to it and a series of other f- fires and several murders during his youth um But then he ended up um, taking that back. Um, He was convicted of unrelated arson charges, and he was sentenced to 44 years in prison. But he was never charged for the Hartford Hartford fire. You know, it's
1: hard to say that was still a time and period, time and period, a time when people who were different who would have been sideshows or or you know headliners of of circus tents, they were still really like persecuted and picked on. So like yeah. anybody that had that kind of grudge against oddities being celebrated could have easily done that. Yeah. Like
0: but I know it, they, I, I know that the the tent was extremely flammable, and it was Ugh. July, um, which everything would be in, would have been even drier than normal because it's in during the summer. I mean, it could have easily been an accident.
1: Absolutely, as well, because you don't know, like the structure back then. Like the electricity could have been shoddy. It could have been right. something sparked. Um,
0: if they and had the lighting. I mean the whole tent was pretty much all of the the main parts of the tent were gone so it would be hard for them to to even figure out where it originated or what right. it caused it. So Well and the other thing it's it's just a tragedy.
1: Yeah. The other thing I was thinking of when you were explaining like how the tent how the ceiling burned is if it's a circus tent there's equipment up there too. Like Yeah. And so that's got to be like metal falling on people as well as not just the burning cloth, but like right. flaming circus equipment. It, oh, I hate this.
2: Is that why like every circus movie has like a scene where the tent is on fire? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Dumbo. Dumbo is- and isn't it the greatest showman and water for all? The oh, tent but- the- the- like don't those tents all go up in flames
1: <laughs> in the greatest showman the building went up in flames the tent was the solution that they went for which was uh. pt barnum's uh circus but I, I understand whoever concocted that waterproofing plan was trying to do a good thing but like now it like look with our knowledge looking back like come on so circus,
0: i'm in gonna- it's a death trap but it did work to waterproof it. So, I mean, that's what they were trying for. Good job, guys. Yeah.
2: So, you know, at the beginning, how are talking about um, your great grandma, like, collecting clowns and stuff? Mm-hmm. I remember my great aunt Betty had this hideous painting of a crying clown. Oh, yeah. That was like velvet, but Mm -hmm. also had like neon colored paint. It was so hideous. And it just like, I don't know why that was a thing for a while to like decorate your home with these
0: awful clowns. I kind of want to see that what your aunt had and I might want it.
2: It is not going in this
0: house. (laughs) People hate it. It's so ugly. I think he's even like smoking a cigar. It's so ugly. (sighs) Yeah. Um, yeah, she collected uh, all kinds of clown stuff. And my other great grandma collected owl things. I remember she had an owl figurine that was made out of like nuts and seeds. It was like feathers were like, yeah, it's feathers were like sunflower seeds. And then it was like lacquered over it. Like, And then when they died, we ended up with all of this clown and owl crap. Hey,
1: I would have liked probably
0: some of the owl stuff. No, it wasn't cute owl stuff, girl. It was oh, like god. like gaudy like sixties and seventies owl crap.
1: See, I, I think granny so Granny collects crystals, like uh and figurines and so I'm gonna inherit a bunch of
2: sparkly I mean, imagine all the crap our people are gonna get. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> They're getting all kinds of pop funny <laughs> Funko Pops. They're gonna have all kinds of cat ashes and boxes. <laughs> Uh huh. They're gonna have creepy haunted dolls. Oh my gosh! So, Stephen's
1: dad was telling me this story of like how their the last name changed over time, and then he brought up that he has like this random relative's urn on his night on his like what mantle because nobody else wanted Uncle Jimmy. So, oh, so now he has Uncle Jimmy on the mantle, and he's like, I don't know anything. They said he had a wife. So I was like, okay, let me use Grave Finder and, you know, findagrave.com and find it. I have dug so much into their past that I'm pretty sure they f- that I've figured out that Wally, my husband's grandpa, whoever he thinks his dad is, I have $5 down that I can prove that it's not his dad. I just, just need to find his... Huh? Just five? Girl... I'm broke. I'm so rough <laughs> right now, girl. No, I mean, like, are you not that sure? <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. I just would have to, fi- like, I asked his dad to find, to see if he could find the grandpa's birth certificate to see who's listed as the father. Um, because. I
0: have no father on my birth certificate. So when I say I don't have a father, I'm not lying.
1: Just because Bono didn't want to be listed.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you subscribe to the Ancestry.com thing or how do you do your research? Yeah. I've got
1: premium white pages, Ancestry, oh, Find she, a Grave, papers.com <laughs> How much money in su-
2: monthly subscriptions for that stuff do you think you spent?
1: I don't want to know. Uh,
2: that's why she only put $5 down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's funny because... Um, so I as you all know I'm obsessed with Criminal Minds and um the character of Garcia who's like the tech girl who like gets all does all the deep dives and stuff she always reminds me of Megan like hardcore like Garcia is Megan so it's like nice when I'm watching it and she says or does something that's like very Megan because like I don't get to see Megan very often I'm like oh it's Megan <laughs> your
1: friendly neighborhood stalker um yeah, that one, Ancestry dude like that digs, digs deep. Like it yeah. shows their social security numbers, like date of birth, all of the things that make perfect bait for identity theft. Ancestry gives away for 1999 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay, but how wild would it be like to look into what's currently built or what is what now? Stands where that tent was, and see how freaking haunted it is.
0: Yeah, like I did. I didn't think about that, but yeah, for sure. The amount of souls that must be stuck
1: there, you know. Especially, I hate to say this, but like the kids that are like confused.
2: Speaking of the amount of souls that are connected to a place, so Nicole, I think you mentioned this before. I don't know if you ended up watching it, <laughs> but freaking Kesha has a ghost hunting Kesha. show. Shut up! This is when that was telling it, it wasn't you. Yeah, so I caught the first episode, and she goes to this opera house in the south, and it was on. It was built on the Trail of Tears. Have you guys heard of that? <gasps> uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know the Native American like Trail of Tears. Um, so there's like a bunch of souls from that, but then also like a lot of that stuff happened at the um, Opera House. And so there's like a, a few like children there, and this one other guy. I don't know. It was it was a pretty good episode. Um even though it was what Kesha right she's so <laughs> random, it's so random, and yeah,
1: it was she different. she was on an episode of Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures, I think she did some I think she went into Zach's museum, I'm not sure, but girl, we need to get on kesha's ghost adventure uh hunting show.
0: Right. Um, so on the side of where the fire was is still just an open field, but there is a, just um, a memorial there. Um, but it's just like a, a an open field of grass with That's a memorial in the middle.
2: Interesting that they didn't develop that land. I
0: Thousands think they totally learned from the mistake like, oh, this place is going to be haunted as heck. We're not going to build anything here.
2: Yeah. I, I mean... I mean- Hello, greedy investors. They just build and they never even, you know, they don't like spend time in those buildings, you know? Yeah, true.
1: Is it in like an industrial area or is it in more of a communal like?
0: From what I can see, it's just a bunch of grass around this memorial. And it's like a brick memorial with like, I think the names of the victims on it. There's just look like just grass and trees. Like it's just looks like it's a park pretty much. I mean, Back in the day, it would have just had to be a big open, empty spot to set up mm-hmm. a tent at large. Um, but yeah, it looks like just some memorials there now. Um, you should totally do some research and see if there's ever been like paranormal
1: investigations done there. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, listeners, um, we we decided originally. Uh, we were going to both do episodes and I was going to do my second part of um, the People's Temple and the Jonestown massacre. But it's really long and I'm still not even done doing my in-depth dive into the the survivor stories. And, you know, the there were members of the church still in the United States when it happened so there's just a whole bunch of different layers and so in the interest of time we're gonna just end with Nicole's segment because it was really good and and I also I think my follow up to that like it would be too much darkness in one episode even though it's dark chatter it's (laughs)
0: literally in our name
1: literally in our name but it would be too much it's really really a lot of death um (laughs) but thanks for listening
0: thank you for joining us um we don't know what the plan is to get megan's second portion out yet considering it is going to be we want to do like a christmas type episode even though it will be a dark christmas i mean violent night let's be honest <laughs> black christmas um so we'll uh We'll release what we release when we release you, it. You know how we do. Yeah,
1: <laughs> We'll keep you posted. We'll, our people will call your people when the next episode's ready. But we appreciate you, and we hope that you are having a wonderful holiday season, and we'll talk to you later.
0: Bye. Okay, bye.
1: End scene.